this by our lips and we're worthy to proclaim your holy gospel. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning, we celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent. And this afternoon, obviously, we celebrate the Vigil Mass for Christmas. We are at the cusp. We are at the very end of this wonderful season of preparation. A season where we've been reflecting through the examples of John the Baptist, of, of Mary, of this idea of preparing a place, of heralding the call of the Messiah and preparing a place for the Lord within each one of us. Today, also, as the, uh, as the secular Christmas season kind of hits its fever pitch, we're already in preparing a place, I'm sure, for family. Preparing time, preparing meals. And I can't help but think, what happens if things go wrong? I know it's probably the last thing you want to think of, but like, what happens if you burn the turkey? What happens if uh, certain family members can't make it for whatever reason and you just have a ton of leftovers? 
What happens if uh, the gift doesn't come in and get delivered today at 9.30 a.m. when it's supposed to be so I can wrap it and give it to someone? What happens? Like, what's the worst case scenario? What happens if our expectations going into today and tomorrow come back unmet? I think of uh, the scene in the Christmas story where they have, the, they have the feast, the turkey's burned, and they end up eating Chinese food at the end. But what happens if our expectations are unmet? That kind of, that kind of reflection may seem kind of doom and gloom, but it's, the reality is, is that today in our readings, we have this kind of theme of expectations being unmet. So, we have the first reading, where we hear David talking about building a temple for the Lord. And the Jewish people are understanding and they're desiring to have this fortified, huge temple made, by stone, made of stone, made by hands, that's going to be a place for God to dwell. And they get it, and it, it stays with them, and it's the center of their worship for, the, for a very long time. But what happens when it goes away? The temple was destroyed 70 years after, after Jesus' birth, then the Roman occupation. See, the entire Old Testament is full of this longing. This longing for the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah, where the people are just desiring God's presence with them. If we go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve... They eat the fruit, they're, they're immediately there was this desire for a Savior. There was a desire for someone to redeem all of creation. We fast forward a little bit. Abraham, the father of the Jewish and Hebrew people. Father Abraham, right? Had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. But Father Abraham, there was this desire for someone who was going to be a father where God was going to be a father, he was going to be relational, and he was going to establish a family. Later on, David, we hear this desire for a king, the Messiah to come and be a king, come and be someone who's going to, who's going to overthrow the powers that be and was going to establish a new religious norm, but that he was going to be a powerful warrior king. What happens when those expectations for all of those in the Old Testament go unmet? We thought Adam was going to be perfect. He wasn't. We thought Father Abraham was going to be perfect. He wasn't. We thought David was going to be perfect. He wasn't. All of the Old Testament, all of the prophets, every line, every word in the Old Testament leans on today's gospel. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, in a beautiful homily about the Annunciation, where he looks at it from a real angle, a very down-to-earth, one-on-one kind of, kind of dirty angle. He's talking about the angel appearing to Mary and giving this invitation, and what's going through Mary's heart, what's going through all of creation, throughout all of history. And he says, Tearful Adam with his sorrowing family begs this of you, O loving virgin, in their exile from paradise. 
Abraham begs it, begs a yes. David begs it. All the other holy patriarchs, your ancestors, asked it of you as they dwell in the country of the shadow of death. Everything. The Jewish people have this longing, this big expectation. They have this big desire for a fortified temple where God's going to dwell. And they get a 13-year-old girl with an invitation from a, in her bedroom from an angel where all she has to do is say yes. The Old Testament, in a way, is full of those unmet expectations. It's, it's full of Christmases that don't go exactly according to plan. Like we can sit, we can sit and kind of, uh, we can sit and sympathize with our Old Testament ancestors in that our expectations aren't always met. Our expectations, what we prepare for, doesn't always happen perfectly. And especially in our relationship with God. Sometimes God's going to answer our prayers the way He wants. And we've got to be along for the ride. I think there's a very big... I think there's one line for me that has always kind of stood out in Mary's response to, to the Lord, to the angel. She says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Now, for the longest time I read that, Behold, I am a creature of the Lord. I'm one that the Lord has made by hand. I'm the precious one of the Lord. And yes, that's all true. But when we read it, handmade, the word made is not M-A-D-E. It's M-A-I-D. It's a servant. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. It's not just about being a creature. It's not just about trying to do something or make something on our own accord when, it's, when we stand before God. Our relationship with God is much more than a, a to-do list. Our relationship with God is first being in relationship with Him. Our relationship with God is first looking at our Lord with the spirit of humility, with the spirit of docility, with the spirit of openness to whatever His plan is for us. This is where God is calling us in preparing a place for our Lord. Like these last few hours before Christmas, these last few hours before entering into this new kind of festival season, God's not asking us to have to do a whole lot. Like, sure, we have our details that we have to cover at home and for meals and all that. But God's not asking us to do a whole lot in our hearts when it comes to preparing a place for Him. He simply is asking us, be open. Be open to my will. I don't need a fortified temple. I don't need anything huge. Let me come to you in an unexpected way. Let me come to you 
in a way that doesn't meet your expectations. This is what God's calling each one of us to as we approach Christmas in a few hours. Not that we would, not that we would try and make ourselves perfect, but that we would simply be humble. We would be docile. We'd be open to His will. If we approach, if we approach this Mass with that mentality, with that posture, if we approach this Christmas season the same way that a Mary approached her call, the Lord will come into our lives in a very profound way as well. We'll bear fruit in our lives everywhere we go. And we will be those missionaries' disciples that God is calling us to be. Behold, I am a handmaid of the Lord. Let us first be obedient. Let us first be servants. Let us first be humble before our loving God.